0: MyWax Museum is a proud member of the Creative Grapevine. Hey, before we get into today's show, I wanted to mention that MyWax Museum has an Instagram page and it's actually really awesome. We have a lot of bonus content on it. Here's a sample. What's your favorite sound?
1: Uh, should I like choose one or should I make one?
0: <laughs> and this is so this is an interesting thing. I put this question on here before I knew we were gonna have you on the show. So You should make one. I want to hear what's your favorite.
1: Okay. The dubstep noise, the drop, the. I love that dubstep bassy sound. So that's my favorite one that I could make. Favorite just kind of everyday noise. uh, I would say thunderstorms.
0: That was from Parker Kane today's guest. Our Instagram handle is at mywaxmuseum. We're going to have more of that later in the episode, so stick around for that. Remember, that's mywaxmuseum on Instagram. Now, while I have you here, please take a second to go and leave a review for the podcast. You can do that by going to ratethispodcast.com slash wax. That's ratethispodcast.com slash wax. Now, On with the show hello and welcome to another episode of my wax museum i'm your host alex williams and today i'm joined by my friend parker kane parker is someone who is not just passionate about what he does but more so about the impact his work has on people After his McDonald's beatbox video went viral, Parker's life turned around, but he also learned a lot of tough lessons along the way. And we get into that in today's episode as we talk about life, family, beatboxing, and his experience as a podcaster and creative. And remember, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Parker Kane. Welcome to My Wax Museum.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: So, uh like like I mentioned before when we were talking, uh I always start with uh with how we know each other. So, would you like to like to just kind of tell that story if there's anything particular, just kind of very internet story.
1: <laughs> I was going to say I really what's coming to my mind is just uh LinkedIn and podcasting and us being interested in similar things and then just talking about uh, all things podcasting.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we've had a few good chats in, uh, in the past several weeks here about podcasting. Um, and you're the, you're the second guest that I've had on who I could have managed easily to do an in-person interview, but because of this, well, <laughs> we live in the same town, but social distancing um plus it's easier easier this way our bedrooms are probably both better better sounding than any like study room or something
1: <laughs> yeah we're a little bit more equipped for for this
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and it, it works great but yeah that's how we got in touch um that's how I've gotten in touch with basically everybody uh these days we always start off the interview with that and then we jump into uh where are you from
1: uh, well, I moved around a lot, but I was born in Greeley, Colorado, outside of Denver. Uh, lived there till I was like nine or 10, and then bounced a little bit through like Utah, Idaho, and Oregon. But I have been in Idaho most of the time, all of middle school, high school, college, all that stuff. So I, I claim Idaho. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, um, and yeah, we were talking about that before. Cause I've, I've always been curious to hear, you know, where people feel that, um, that kinship with, I guess. Um, so what is it, what is it about Idaho that, that really draws you to, to call it home? Maybe even other than the amount of time that you've spent here?
1: Yeah. I think ultimately just, I mean, even the memories, maybe like I, I'm not trying to diss on certain cities here but but Pocatello, Idaho is known for being kind of the armpit of Idaho, right? Not necessarily the greatest place to be. Uh but that's where I went to middle school and high school and the last grade of elementary school, but um that is where I made a bunch of friends and had my, you know, growing up memories. That's where I pursued uh marching band and music and and learned more about taking beatboxing seriously and i think too with my with my passion for beatboxing and stuff i feel like i stood out there cuz there weren't as many people trying to be in like some kind of creative field it, it was more of a small town mentality and uh, people just stick into the normal things so it kind of helped me stand out and get more exposure and be kind of that oddball that was doing something unconditional you know so i like all that but now that i've been here even more and even through college and stuff i really just like the culture i love i love i'm i mean i'm i'm pro guns <laughs> and fires and camping and uh, having fun outdoors with with friends and family. And I feel like that is just so much of a normal thing in Idaho that other places don't get.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, I, I've noticed being here. Um, and I mean, not like my culture back home is too much, too much different. But it is, it is more that American rural uh, kind of attitude. And, uh, and I've, I've been happy to, to get out and experience that a little bit. So how, like, I guess, I guess growing up here, um, were, were those things that you guys participated in a lot? Like, did you spend a lot of time camping? Did you spend a lot of time outside?
1: Not a ton actually with like my family, but I was really, uh, active with like scouting and, Uh, I'm an Eagle Scout and I did a lot of camping with like my troop quote unquote, you know, and uh, I did a lot of that stuff with them. So that again, kind of connecting me back to the whole memories thing. Like that's something that now I don't even do that much, but I just look back to the good times and uh, those, those are things I really appreciated.
0: And what, um, what made it the good times? Why, why do you appreciate those memories so much now?
1: That's a really good question.
0: (laughs) I, that's what I'm here for.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it was just like because I didn't have any worries then, you know, it was more just like, oh, I'm going to go out and shotgun shooting and shoot the orange little clay pigeon things and have fun with my friends and not have to worry about paying bills or (laughs) what content I'm going to make next or, uh, do I have any friends (laughs) kind of a thing, you know, like I feel much more in a swarmed and swamped into adulthood right now. Uh, and that those were more teenager, just fun times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting when you look back and and you kind of think about the simplicity of it. Um, did you, so now you're kind of, you're, you're kind of known for, for your beatboxing. Um, It's part of it's part of your podcast. And we're gonna we're gonna talk more about that in a little bit. Um, But did you ever growing up think that it would be any sort of success? Or was it just kind of, hey, this is a quirky thing that I do?
1: For me, it was always a dream to make it something successful. And I would literally lay in bed at night and not be able to fall asleep because my imagination would just run wild of like the things I'd want to do with beatboxing and uh, the impact that I could have if like others could hear it and see it, you know, and if I could perform on big stages. And ultimately, it was just a I love beatboxing kind of a dream. But eventually down the road, as I just followed that and follow the things that I'm passionate about, I was slowly uncovering like more things that I was passionate about or, or getting more to the bottom of like, why is it truly that I was passionate about that thing? And for me, beatboxing is cool, but I, I, I realized what I loved more about beatboxing was the awe inspired smiles that it put on people's faces. You know, I loved making their jaws drop. (laughs) I loved making them shocked, like kind of like how a magician feels when he pulls off a good trick, you know? Like, I loved that kind of impact I had on other human beings, and that's why I really liked beatboxing. Well, same kind of thing with music. It wasn't just music that I loved. Later, I found out that it was, uh, you know, the ability to really make people feel that music can do that I loved about music. So just, I, I've been on this path of always wanting to to follow my passion. And the more I've done that, the more I've wanted to help other people realize that in themselves and start pursuing what they love. Uh, but to answer your question, I did not know a viral video would happen. I did not know that it would reach the kind of success that it has, but I always hoped it would. And even if that didn't happen, I wouldn't stop fighting. I, I think it's so ingrained in me to just keep it up.
0: So tell me a little bit about this. Cause I, I remember actually seeing that video, um, when it, when it came out, when it was just like circulating on Facebook and I was just like somebody back in Canada who was like, Oh wow, that's like really impressive. Like that's, that's super cool. Um, what was that experience like, obviously having, and it's weird now that that we're talking and that we know each other, um, but what was that experience like having something get so popular so suddenly? And I don't know, maybe just walk me through that, because I'm just wildly curious about that whole experience.
1: Yeah, well, it comes from a pretty, I guess... Needed time in my life, like that needed to happen because I was at the time in 2015, really honestly, like 2012 to the end of 2015, I was in a really deep depression and not in a good place mentally. And I didn't want to be here anymore. And there was kind of, well, the night that video went viral, I don't want to like spoil the story, but I was. I was given up, man. And I said kind of a one last prayer of like, something needs to change in my life and it needs to change now. Or like, I'm, I'm throwing in the towel. You know, I can't do this anymore. I had no money. I wasn't really dating anybody. Like I hated what I was studying because while I was pursuing beatboxing, I couldn't go to college for beatboxing. So I just decided nursing. And again, Uh, I grew up financially pretty unstable, and I wanted a career in medical maybe, and my mom was always encouraging me to do nursing or something that was guaranteed to have open jobs and make a decent amount of money. So I was pursuing something I didn't enjoy, uh, and everything just, the more I did that, the more I lived the way that I was, I was just suffocating myself, and I hated it. So I said that one last prayer, like, Hey, help me out of this rut. Like I need something now. And then I got invited to go on a late night McDonald's run with some friends and I didn't want to go, but I literally felt prompted to just be like, no, like I need to go. These are some really good friends reaching out to me. I need to lean on them, you know? So I went with them to McDonald's and I didn't even get anything. I just got a drink, you know, the typical large Coke from McDonald's. And, uh, when we were there, they had me, well, a lot of my friends knew I beatboxed and a lot of them have seen me beatbox with a McDonald's cup before. So they asked me to, to show some other people. And when I did that, it was, uh, first of all, most packed McDonald's I've ever seen. I don't know why there were so many people there, but so many people at that McDonald's and then everybody in the restaurant went silent and just like watched me do this thing with a cup and uh, everyone pulled out their phones, including my friend, Sean, who recorded it. And he posted it online on his Facebook profile. And the next morning it was 53,000 views. And so many people watched it and shared it right out the gate that, and it was at a very weird time in social media too, where short kind of bad quality viral videos were the thing. (laughs) And so it was short, it was kind of quality and really, really shareable, you know, really easy for people to share. So that got a lot of views, a lot of shares. It only took, it took less than a week to get over a million or even a couple million views and now, on Facebook, it's been shared so much so many times that it's generated over a billion views online, which is crazy um but then again, to answer your question, from there, it's very different uh <laughs> that people would think, probably, and it was good in a way that like I was known for something that I love uh it didn't happen the way I thought like I thought, Oaks. Oh, I love music. I love making covers on YouTube. I'm going to get a million subscribers. I'm going to do YouTube full time. But that didn't happen at all. My YouTube didn't go up hardly at all. Uh, What instead happened was I started getting booked for speaking engagements and beatboxing at live events. And so that's kind of where I get into this more motivational space, too, because I just like I'm overcoming depression. I was in a suicidal place. Now I'm doing what I love, and I'm speaking to thousands and thousands of people in these crowds. What kind of message do I want to share for them? It's my my chance to beatbox and and create those awe inspired smiles and shocking moments, right? But it's also I feel like a responsibility for me to uh, uplift them and inspire them. So that's it. Went from YouTube cover artist to to a motivational speaker and podcaster pretty much through that viral experience. Uh, The bad things about going viral though, one, the labels. uh, Now I am just forever known as the McDonald's beatboxer (laughs) and nothing else. (laughs) And so much to the point where people didn't, like they don't care about me or my name or anything like that. Like they'll just stop me at Walmart or something. And I say Walmart's in Rexburg. That's like the only place to go, right? <laughs> but I'll go to Walmart. People will see me; they'll recognize me, and they'll run up and they'll say, "Oh, it's the McDonald's beatboxer." They'll pull out their phones. and They'll be like, "Hey, can you uh, do it? can you do a Snapchat video real quick?" And then I do it for them, and then they're like, "Hey, bye," and they leave. And it's like, okay, dance monkey, dance monkey, right? Like, show me your tricks. Like, they just want you to to do the beatboxing. Uh, the other bad thing that happened is it actually led to a lot of broken friendships and people who didn't even know me yet too who just automatically made up their this story in their head that like I was just some super popular rich mean guy who was just successful you know and it's like I'm not even I'm not popular, I'm not rich, I'm not successful. I'm in the same college you are. I'm eating ramen with my roommates at night. Like I just had a video get a lot of views, but nothing in my life really changed. And everyone who didn't know me painted this image that I was like some completely different person that I'm not. And then you have to live with that kind of a label. Um and then with with friends that I did have um You know, I I use the Walmart analogy again, but when I would go places, people would completely ignore my friends and family and not acknowledge their existence at all and just be like, oh, hey, it's you. It's the beatboxer. We don't care about all these other people, but it's you, you know, and that some of my friends embraced it really well and were like, they thought it was cool. Like, oh, I'm friends with someone who's famous, quote unquote, you know. But then some of my friends absolutely hated that and did not like that I was getting so much attention. And so it created some some waves in the water. <laughs> uh, and ultimately, I just had to learn better how to uh, introduce my friends and family, like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm the beatboxer. and these are these are my friends. This is my mom. This is my sister, you know, like, just try to include everyone and what was happening and not just make it about me but that viral video caused for a lot of life lessons learned for sure
0: interesting wow um okay so a lot to unpack there um so you had this um you had the video go go viral um it kind of it, it turned your life around um it, it seems like it it seems like it helped you get out of that funk that you were in um or at least get you past you know moving a little bit forward um and then and then you have these negative consequences and things don't quite go as as you were hoping um what was i'm curious cuz you had you had other other plans for your life like you wanted to do um you wanted your youtube videos to be popular and you to be known for that um which of course involves beatboxing and stuff um but like it wasn't just the mcdonald's beatbox guy right um and and maybe your your rise to success would have been slower and more gradual right um but then it takes this turn and you start doing the motivational speaking. Were you were you opposed to that turn or is it something that you kind of embraced that you were happy about or were you kind of like thinking the whole time, well, I wish I was doing this other thing?
1: No. So it was something I totally embraced and more than anything i felt like it was a prayer answered and a lot of clarification that i needed <laughs> like a- again i go to the to the and uh, the example of more more passions being buried underneath our existing passions and how we could live a life of just constantly uncovering our new passions or the real reasons why those are our passions and again for me beatboxing is cool But more than beatboxing, I love the impact that it has on people. And more than music, I love the way music can make people feel. And I don't think that I knew that back in 2014, 2015 uh, before that viral video. I think that viral video needed to happen. I needed to not excel with youtube and then start learning about the speaking and motivational space and podcasting and all those other things because it was just pretty much ever since the viral video i've constantly been discovering more and more about myself and the things that i the things that really make me tick you know and and i did change a lot like I immediately quit nursing (laughs) and I changed to a communication major and I got a girlfriend, which obviously that didn't turn out well, (laughs) you know, but like pretty much everything I complained about in that prayer of what I didn't have, I all of a sudden had. Like I had clarification about the beatboxing. I had a girlfriend. I started making a lot more money. I got more than just the beatboxing i got two jobs one of which was on campus and one of which was at an assisted uh living center in in rexburg i was a cna thankfully i had that skill because of nursing and stuff but yeah every it was like a light switch it's like one day it was really really dark and life sucked and the next day like i just had all of the answers to everything i needed at that time um and Life hasn't been perfect since then, but that opened my eyes to a lot of things and gave me a lot of clarification moving forward.
0: Interesting. So, um, you're you're kind of continuing that um, that vein of positivity and motivation and and supporting people um, and. And, like you talk about bringing that light to people's faces, like you're you're continuing working on that whole thing on that whole passion and idea uh through your podcast upbeat with Parker Kane um, Do you mind telling telling us a little bit about what what that's all about and uh and and how you use it to share your message?
1: Yeah, so I think podcasting and there's a whole, dude, I could just talk forever. You could tell me to shut up at any moment. I mean, I know it's a it's a podcast and we're supposed to talk, but I have long long stories, but basically I, I really I'll shorten this one. Um I have also experienced a lot of health issues and a lot of those health issues happened after my video went viral. Uh and like 2 years ago now, I had I had a really scary surgery that essentially was going to be the decision of if I could sing really at the level I could again and if I could beatbox again at the level that I was beatboxing and it also took me off the stage because during that like recovery from the surgery I wasn't speaking at all or traveling anywhere and so I was like what could I do to still Bring motivational and powerful and uplifting messages to an audience without having to go travel and speak places. And I was like, oh, podcasting, podcasting. And at that time, what's podcasting, dude? Nobody, nobody knew what podcasts were. Uh, I did because I was already kind of researching it, but everyone I knew had no idea what podcasts were. And so it seems kind of a bit of a stretch, but I was like, I have microphones, I know how to use them, and I, it wouldn't take any money, honestly, to just start podcasting and start talking and hopefully I can get an audience, you know? So the whole goal of starting my podcast was to essentially be a motivational speaker and not have to have the gigs. And at the time too, I was in college, I had some teachers who would always reference celebrities as examples. So like, oh, you can do what you want. Just look at what Michael Jordan did and look at what Eminem did and look at what Halle Berry did and Jim Carrey. And they all came from nothing. And now they're so successful, you know, and I personally love those stories and can relate to them. But I would look around at the classmates and I would see that nobody was connecting with that. No one was relating to it. It wasn't resonating. So my idea at that time was like, well, I can't interview celebrities because I'm not a big enough deal to do that. (laughs) And if you look up podcasts, all they are are celebrities interviewing celebrities. And I was like, I want to highlight the successful people in this world that are your next door neighbors that are not in the public eye. And so pairing that picture with the picture of wanting to not have gigs anymore and just start podcasting, just, it turned into an interview style podcast where I was able to interview people and uh, I booking guests has never been an issue because I'm not trying to book the biggest, most celebritized people in the world. I am just booking people who are successful doing the things that they love and they come with the same amount of value. The only difference is people don't necessarily know their names.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And I mean, uh, like I was telling you, that's kind of a similar message to, to my podcast here to My Wax Museum, um, just that uh, there are a lot of people around you who you'd be surprised to know like... They've got just as good of advice as everybody else.
1: And they have just as much money a lot of the time. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. You just don't know their names. And uh, you don't necessarily need fame to have have a good idea or be a good person or be able to provide that advice to the people who need it. Hey, future Alex here. Just popping in to mention today's sponsor. It's lookingforsponsor.com. Do you have a podcast, YouTube channel, Twitch stream, or social media account? Lookingforsponsor.com wants to help content creators like you turn your hobby into a side hustle. You can use their platform to create free, personalized web pages for collecting tips from your followers, while also sharing links to your social media profiles, sponsorships, and online stores. Sign up at lookingforsponsor.com to start earning cash from your side project today. Now, back to the show. So I, I asked you this question when I interviewed you on The People of Home, which by the time these episodes come out, there, it'll be like months ago that that episode aired. Um, we're recording much further ahead here right now. Um, and uh, and so I asked you this question, but I'll ask it again. Um, what are some things that you um, that you learned, that you've learned particularly, Uh, From from doing the podcast,
1: yeah. Well, and I'll try to replicate that answer a little bit. Um, I I remember immediately firing off with one of my favorite quotes from Bill Nye, um, where he just says essentially that everybody that you meet knows something that you don't, which is really really cool. And I've interviewed a lot of guests and talked about a lot of different topics and. It's just fascinating the things that I've learned from each individual person. They all come with different backgrounds. They all are living different presents, and they're all moving forward towards different futures, and they're so unique. Their their handprint on this earth is different from everybody else's handprint on this earth, so it's cool learning from each individual, Um, and, and ultimately, I guess, summing that up, I have learned that one of the greatest resources that we have is other human beings. It's each other. And you can just talk to people and learn things that, that school and the internet and whatever could never ever teach you because they're not that person. <laughs> so it's, it really is. I've learned to encourage, encourage the idea or the act of communicating with people and learning from them. So that's one big thing. Um, I think the other big thing that I shared uh, that I definitely stand by um, is more of an internal thing, and that's just understanding our brains and unlocking the idea that you are actually extremely powerful. And as as long as you can learn to control your thoughts and control your brain and control the decisions that you're making, then um you're gonna be wildly wildly successful because you are controlling the most powerful, most powerful thing in your body, and that's your brain and your heart. So controlling those things (laughs) make you very, very powerful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, I can uh, give you an amen to that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So kind of leading into the, into the end of the interview here. um, I want to hear from you, what your, what your plans are for the future? Like, what do you hope to, to keep doing? Like what's next for Parker Kane?
1: Well, I am very, very, very heavily invested in my podcast right now. I'd love to see that just grow and never stop growing, uh, my kind of mission in life. And I probably need to make this more niche or niche, depending on how you say it. But, uh, my my kind of vision, my mission in life is to impact millions of lives in a positive way and be committed to living upbeat. And I just want that to translate into everything that I do. And the more the podcast can grow, the more people that I am impacting, and hopefully inspiring them to do the same kinds of things with their vehicles, you know, the way they choose to do it and the things that they're passionate about. Um, I want my website to get huge. I would love to somehow figure out how to (laughs) grab my YouTube channel by the horns and make that into something. Uh, Once all this, I mean, this this episode's going to be out probably much later and that maybe this isn't relevant anymore. But once we get out of all this coronavirus stuff, I hope to get back into the public speaking space and really I just want to keep pursuing on the path that I'm on and hopefully monetize it a little bit better too so I don't have to work other jobs to make it happen. Um and so that is definitely something I want to want to press uh want to push for uh, in the future.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, um and I I think I think you're on, on a good path. I mean, you've obviously already impacted a lot of people. Um, and, and hopefully anybody listening here is going to check out your show. Um, if you'd like, I know, um, I, I did ask you beforehand if you could beatbox on the show. So, but before we do that, I want to, I want to wrap up with that. So if, uh, if you could just tell everybody where they can find you and believe me, you guys, after you hear him beatbox, you're going to want to find him. Um, so if, if you want to wrap up with, uh, where people can find you and how they can, uh, live upbeat.
1: Yeah. So definitely just honestly kind of, I would encourage Googling my name and just seeing whatever comes up. Hopefully it's my website, parkercane.co.co. Um, Kane is K A N E. Uh, so I would definitely just search my name. If you see a movie, then that is not the right spot. You need to keep scrolling. There is a movie named after me called Parker Kane. I've seen it. You don't want to see it. It's not that good. Just scroll right on past that movie. Uh, go to my website, search upbeat with Parker Kane, wherever you stream podcasts and listen to the podcast. Um, and hopefully, eventually, I'll be doing some more stuff on YouTube. Uh, but if you want to go look at the music videos I've already done, then you could search Parker Kane on on YouTube. But really, on any of the platforms, if you just search my name spelled right K A N E, then you will find what I'm up to.
0: Rad, fantastic. Uh, well, with that, uh, if if you want to take us away,
1: yes, uh, I'm going to put my wax museum into uh,
0: into a beatbox. Okay, I'm interested to hear it.
1: Okay. museum. my wax museum.
0: That was awesome. Thank you again, Parker (laughs) Kane, for joining me. Yeah, thank you very much, Alex. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for listening, not just to this show, which we certainly do appreciate, but more to the people around you, the people in your life that you just happen to know. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.